right, man. Welcome to the introduction for Crow Triple Seven Radio Podcast, Episode Seventy One. Jason Lingren and I are going to finally catch up with the Jungle Surfer again, who's under full frontal attack, getting strikes on his channels, having injured nobody, having hurt nobody, basically using free speech in a public forum. How is it that a person using free speech in a public forum, forum injuring nobody, can be removed with three strikes? This isn't baseball, is it? This is free speech in a public forum. How is it that massive corporations are bringing to bear their ability to knock down information? The information war has begun. It used to be when I was growing up, the idea was as long as you didn't scream fire in a crowded theater where people might get injured, that you had a right to free speech. This is being turned on its head now. We find these channels on YouTube that have been around for a long, long time, some of the earliest voices challenging information, challenging events that were reported on falsely, challenging all kinds of stuff, trying to inform people what is in a word, what is in a number, what is in a sequential pattern that can be detected in the information that is put out so readily to millions of minds in this world. These people are coming under attack now, and it's not just getting their ads removed. We're talking about strikes, three strikes. Even looking up that once you have a channel removed with three strikes, every channel you run could be removed. I would ask, what's going on here? To me, it's a tell. If you're not harming anyone, even if you're saying the most ridiculous, silly things that could be said, you have a right to free speech. But in this case... What's being said simply is not approved by the powers that be, and that's a telling thing indeed. You know, we see channels like Dave J um, come and go. I think he's on his eighth, ninth, I don't even know, channel right now. Um, He's not really searchable on the last channel he put up. He's put up a lot of content that could be called inflammatory, but again, I would suggest that nobody is being injured here. Some of these early voices were some of the first people around to challenge major news events that did not go down in the way they were reported in the world media. Do we owe these channels something? Do we owe them our support? I would suggest that we do. They may not be the flashiest channels, they may not be the most entertaining channels, but nonetheless, for years now, they have taken the time to try to point out some pretty important things about our world. Anyhow, let's jump in with Jason and catch up with the Jungle Surfer. And you know what, folks? If you have a mind for free speech, go over and sub the man. Go over and listen to some of his content. I guarantee you, if you go there with an open mind, you'll learn something. Anyhow, let's jump in, man. Cheers. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio Podcast. This is episode 71. I have Jason Lingram with me, and we finally have the Jungle Surfer back. It's a bit like pulling teeth getting Australia on a three-way here, but we pulled it off. Um, anyhow, welcome, Jason. Hello, Crow. Hey, Surfer. How you doing down there? Uh, going very well, thank you. So uh, I've been watching what's going on with your channel, and it seems like they're just freaking tagging you left and right down there. Yeah, I smelt it coming, but I couldn't sort of uh, delete things quick enough to still get pinned. And they uh, actually pinned private videos I'd made private. You know, I thought, well, I'll make a heap private, and then I can sort out what ones I think might be offending them, you know. But I didn't so, get very far, but 
I ended up deleting heaps just to save the channel, you know. So they put strikes. So how, how, you got three channels up right now, and so two of them are in dire straits. They put two strikes yeah. on the other two channels? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, it sort of slowed me up a lot, and I could see they were giving me a message was, you know, you'd be really careful, you know, and why throw it all away? I thought, well, at least it's a voice still, even if all that work's gone down. Other than that, they just would have taken it all down. And by their, um, you know, guidelines or whatever, if they actually strike one channel by their thing, they can take everything down. And they seem yeah. to do that with Dave. Some people, right. they just take one channel down and let them have their backup channels, you know. They do different things with different people, you know. So what so was, was the con? I'm sorry, man. We're kind of walking on each other. There's a bit of a delay here, Surfer. Um, what was the content that they fly that they uh, put strikes on? Do you remember? Oh yeah, one was uh, one that I was talking about a Dave video, and that's where I messaged Dave and I said, "Look, Dave, I think you know there's trouble brewing." And um, there were other ones with that sort of the uh, war idea and then Grenfell Tower and that was a strange one because I just put up footage it was straight from the media and just did a bit of commentary on top of it and uh, it was pretty lame really and the way they pulled that up I thought well they'll pull anything up. <laughs> so what content was it that got so much negative press for you? Well, it seemed to be a little bit across the board. Some of them were 2012. One was a 2012 video and another a 2014. And then there was uh, the Grenfell one, which was a more recent one. There's three I can think of. And I think another one was about 2014 as well. So I thought they're pulling up old videos, and I had so many. I thought they got a smorgasbord with my channel. So I might as well clean it all up and then proceed with new sort of um, way of talking about things that, you know, you might be able to get through. Was the transgender thing something that uh, was really ticking people off? No, that, was, that wasn't so much of an issue, really, but I thought next month it might be, you know. It's probably not too far down the track that they'll be pulling up more things. We're mainly going for they really don't like anything to do with the military, you know. That was the bigger thing I thought, you know, more than anything else. And certainly they they can't look, they will they strike in anywhere really, just you know, like a roulette wheel. I think is they just know the channels that are a bit more dangerous than others. And um, they've let me survive just to this point, you know. And so I'm hoping I just sort of scrape through somehow and then it might relax a little bit. But certainly I think we've all got to talk a different way. We can't get away with, you know, the blasé sort of way of describing things, which is sad because really, you know, it's uh, free speech down the drain when you're trying to sort of just present words in a way to get people to understand compared to hard-hitting, this is like this, folks. You suddenly presented with problems of delivery. Hmm. Well, mo mostly the way that they're attacking us um, is through copyrighted materials and, and other things. If you create all your own content, they have a harder time. But let's talk about what's happened to Dave J for a second. I think he must be 
on close to his ninth or tenth channel, something like that. Maybe it's eight. I don't know. Um, but he recently put up a new channel, contacted me. And so for everyone listening, Dave J is back up. Um, we'll leave a we'll leave a link, which is risky business, um, to Dave J's new new channel. But what what do you know about this surfer? I know you've been talking with him. I mean, he's had two channels um, launch and get ripped down within like a week or something. Yes, Dave. You know, really annoys them. I suppose they don't like Dave's presentation and his knowledge. You know, it's an information war, Crow. You know that. They don't care about people babbling on this is a hoax here or uh, different other science things. Dave sort of does have uh, a, a lot of knowledge and they, it's a knowledge war. So you can take out channels uh, that have knowledge. And the only way I survived, I had some videos that I considered had some pretty good information and they were the ones they were going to take down. So. I thought, well, I'll remove most of them and uh, redo them and put them up on other platforms, you know, like Bitcoin. Well, what, what's Not funny is... Ghost Town I, over there. Yeah, what's funny is I spoke with Dave J as he was getting to launch, I think it's two channels back now, and it's not too long ago. I mean, we're talking within a month or two here. Um, that channel's already gone. Um but I had spoken with him um, trying to say, you know, I think this is the kind of content they're going to easily nail you for. You should put up your kind of number work because he's done so much kind of schematic number work. And for the most part, it looked to me like that's what he was uploading when they took him down again. Yeah. It, look, once they've got it in for you and Dave has got a, a certain anime crew and – all those uh, shield channels, they, he's had run-ins before with them all, so they've got a vendetta on Dave for sure. Um, yeah, well, hey, let, let's 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 shift gears a little bit. I know you were on top of the eclipse that just came uh, through the United States. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. I'm still, even this morning as I logged on to queue up to record this show, people are still sending me images from all over the country of that little kind of, I don't know whether it's a reflection or another object. It's absolutely not lens flare, but it is a mirror image of the, uh, I don't know if mirror is the right word. I don't know if it's flipped or not, but it is an image of the eclipse happening next to an over and exposed sun. Have you seen this at all? No, I haven't seen the, the stuff you're talking about. A, uh, miniature, a miniature eclipse, you're saying? Well, it's... it. It looks like it should be lens flare, but it's not. It's actually locked to the sun, and it is a smaller image of an eclipse going on, and the eclipse phase seems to match the sun. Most of the people who picked it up have a really overexposed sun, which tells you a couple things about the thing they imaged. Um, but to jump forward, if I had to guess, um, and I know how you feel about chemtrailing, but we, we got it across the ecliptic four hours before the eclipse started. It always happens to me here. My point is, is I think the spraying from the jets was designed to kind of block people's ability uh, to film this. I mean, I think I know of at least six people now who filmed this thing. But let's jump back over. Um, what were your impressions of the eclipse looking at, at the coverage that came out of the United States? Well, that was... It was just blowing my mind how many people now are interested in this sort of thing. But it was as if the media was really ready for them and 
they seem to have a barrage of people sticking up for the official story and they're going to demonise all the wackos. I've already seen people who are, you know, saying anything different getting described as wackos. So I tried to post uh, some stuff about the eclipse to friends of mine and they were even using the term, oh, whack jobs have got, oh, you know, fake footage. You know, the fake news and now there's fake footage and some may have been, you know, it seems like there's just so much footage, it's like the big bucket load of stuff to look at and then in all that confusion and everything, in the end of the day, within a few months, you know, the general public have got a little bit interested and might scratch their head a bit, but I'm sure that the idea of, you know, the thermal uh, photography that we saw that showed, like, there's nothing there idea, still not going to go as far as we would like because an idea like that is going to really uh, set people's minds going, isn't it, now? Yeah, I was on the uh, Flat Earth podcast the other night. They They did a recording with me and that was like the first thing they brought up and uh, we spent a good portion of the show just discussing that and they were sending me links and things to look at and basically what it comes down to very similar to the work that crow did analyzing the video it just doesn't it does something doesn't look right we're seeing again inconsistencies with the imagery that it doesn't look like there's a rock blocking the sun yeah that is for certain you know so that, that's going to be a big thing, but how is that going to get out, Jason? <laughs> we think it will, but we've seen that before. Look with Apollo, how many Americans still uh, think they went to the moon and anyone that says difference are wackos. So somehow we can find good anomalies in, you know, current science, but we can't seem to sell it to the public that easy. That's the battle, isn't it? It is. It's it's more scientism, really. Just like Apollo, the, the eclipse thing is just like everyone's accepting of the mainstream viewpoint because Neil deGrasse Tyson told them so. Yeah, let, let me jump in here. I mean, this is critically important how, you know, like this is one of the biggest reasons I launched my own website um, is to start to get away from Google. But I mean, uh, there are many, many more people every year who are not buying into the Apollo thing. Um, I see a steady stream of people, and even on my YouTube channel now, there's people who want to defend NASA who aren't so sure uh, about the moon landing, which is a bit ironic. So on the one hand, you're questioning one of the biggest events they ever announced, and on the other, you're defending them. So they're still holding on to their life preservers. But, I mean, come on, guys. We, even just with what I did— and then when you add the just, I mean, it's overwhelming the amount of video and work that was done. We can show that the moon plays no role in an eclipse. And I don't think that's going away. Yes. Well, I don't know from Dave's last comments there. I'm thinking Dave is still holding on to the idea it is the area of the moon from what I read on his um, comment. And that's the... Uh, negative light and it's cancelling out the positive light and that's why you don't see it you're aware of that comment he made yeah i did see that um but you know the more that i thought about what he was saying um i didn't think it was actually that far you see because you got to realize that dave first of all from way way back years ago um was saying the moon's a light 
Um, and so when you begin to think of it in the way he does, when you look at what people are saying about like Rahu and Ketu, um, which I think are interesting idea, the whole Vedic astrology nodes idea. Um, I'm not that knowledgeable on Vedic astrology. I've been looking more and more into it. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. I don't consider what Dave is saying so far from what others are saying, because from what I have researched about the Vedic nodes idea, it's really kind of a very vague thing in the first place. Um, you you can read descriptions of what a node is. I mean, they differ so kind of incredibly. But at the end of the day, uh, if it is a light, um, then Dave's within the ballpark. I mean, you're being backlit by by the sun, which I demonstrated to the best of my ability means we should be able to detect it going in. What Dave is saying is it's not a rock in space. It's not a physical object. It's a light. So um, it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out, I guess. Well, just working off the idea, I think, of the cool light versus the, the warm light. They're different types of light. So what do we really know about light? Only what we were told, light is light. But maybe light ain't light, you know? And then a few types of, you know, light is more than we know. You know, that's that's an interesting idea in itself. When I was back in San Diego, I took a prism and I was breaking apart sunlight and what's called false light. And I used my scope to concentrate moonlight to try to get an idea. But as I started to research what we've been told about light, it's pretty clear that in some places they'll tell you it's a wave and a particle at the same time. Um, they'll even tell you that observing it changes the outcome of the tests they do. But what struck me the most about looking into light was the idea of false light, and that's all man-made light. And for the average person listening, uh, if you take a prism and you break apart most of the household lights, there's black lines um, through uh, the spectrum that you get with the prism. So, um, you know, a lot of what Dave is doing, he's talking about fallen systems. And while it's very religious from his point of view, um, I think there's something to that idea. What does that mean, fallen systems? Dave has said things like, um, I'm not here to tell you how to fix this. The whole place needs to come down. There is no fixing this, um, this kind of an idea. Um, he comes from kind of a very religious um, Christian standpoint when he talks about these things. Um, but when I look at it from my point of view, um, I don't really disagree with that assessment. Um, this is absolutely could be described as a fallen system. So then the question becomes between the way that I think about it and the way I see him trying to describe it is it really is there any fixing this place? And I can't answer that question. I mean, I, we do this show every week trying to help clue people into what we see. Um, but uh, I, I just don't know how to address that yet. Yeah, you st we're starting to get very deep when we talk with that type of uh, topic. And Dave certainly is one of the deeper characters on uh, YouTube. Uh, the way he gets you thinking about some pretty deep issues. And is there fixing the system? It doesn't seem so, does it? No. So sometimes when we look around at what's going on, um, it's a bit overwhelming. But uh, I've always held on to the idea uh, that this is an illusion and that it's a bit like a house of cards. And the difference between, say, where people were in the 60s and where they are now is vast, because in the 60s, the vast majority of people didn't have an inkling of what we have now about what's going on. And so I kind of clutch 
to the idea that if we could get enough people to start to see um, that we might affect the system somehow. But it is overwhelming, and there really doesn't seem to be any portion of this world we live in that isn't affected by the things that we notice now. At one time, I used to think a bit like that, but I've sort of resolved to the fact if I can just get a few friends and a few people around the world to see that Barcelona is a hoax, I know they might feel better, or especially the nuclear bombs, uh, that's the best I think I can do at this stage of the game a little bit. <clears throat> Help a few people just to not have the nightmares I had as a child about nuclear bombs. I've got no illusion that you could get most people to not believe in them because I think, you know, remember the Planet of the Apes movie and they used <laughs> to go downstairs and pray to the bomb while they were telling us there. <laughs> and I have... I run across this in the last few weeks with old dearest friends that I suddenly decided a few months ago, hey, I might just try and tell a few people that, you know, I did in my heart. Now I know a fair bit of stuff and I might be able to convince them with a, I had much more evidence, I thought, and ways and means of convincing them because of the knowledge I've got, but it still didn't work. Uh, one person uh, said, you're uh, delusional, <laughs> just because I tried to point out that the uh, media has symbols in it and connecting different uh, events. And also I showed him a few photos that showed that uh, events, very fraudulent looking imagery. And uh, they weren't buying it, though. Well, it must be a mistake type thing came out. Friends and family are always the hardest to uh, convince, though. Yeah, let me let me jump yeah. in here. One one of the things I did uh, probably within the last less than two years, I'm sure, is I began to try to dissect what we're seeing uh, in terms of why why would this be done, you know, to to the populace of this place we call the world. And as I got more and more in alchem and into the alchemical ideas and the idea of chemically tr or alchemically transmuting the world mind into a lower base. And then, of course, the uh, the hoaxbuster clip that, that I saw posted from you uh, unveiling Madame Curie as Mercury. Um, I began oh, to come. Right. Yeah, that's that's like the, for me, that's the Academy Award clip of the year. Um, that one put so many kind of just said it in the right way that helped me collect connect a lot of dots. But um what I what I've kind of come hovering around is the idea that this is all about the mind, um, that what's being done is to keep us low. And if that is being done to keep us low, there's really only two options. Um, we're easier to control when we're low or we're being prevented from going somewhere we could. And I think both of those things are probably true. Um, I don't know, man. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I'll say you're dead right there. You could imagine if people could uh, concentrate on better things rather than come home and be amused by uh, fake events. And nearly the whole news is fake. So it's just fake after fake, you know. There might be one story out of ten that has some semblance of reality. And they've got them all boggled with that. And movies, if we actually had... Um, you know, more positive thinking. And I don't want to go down the idea of uh, what's that book that uh, Trump, uh, Norman Peel, and all those sort of uh, over-the-top 
you know, positive thinking like America's style. But I just think, you know, it would be, wouldn't it, without all that distraction, people would, I don't know, communicate better. They've got us in a sort of a trance with, you know, this is Batman coming out this week and all the kids have to have the Batman toy and most parents just want to do what their kids do and they get sucked into it too. They go and watch the movie and plenty of parents anyway, all our generation, of course, grew up with it anyway and that's why they keep recycling it around. What was good enough for you as a kid? Well, oh, I'm going to take my kid along to Batman and... Uh, it's all commercialism, and the people love it. They've actually got really liking it, you know? Yeah, then what they're doing is it seems like they're throwing as much out there so that uh, even if you're not interested in Batman, they're going to get you with something else. They're going to get you with football, or they're going to get you with Star Trek, or they're going to they're find something to get you with the distraction and, and the social engineering programming that they're going to lace through it. That's exactly right. So, and so here- matched up in the media, all of the same sort of ideas story there'll be a story on bats and bees i've been covering this a lot how a lot of the uh, media stories are interconnected in strange ways very strange ways i just noticed that uh on the iss it's katie coleman you know the lady that you often see I'm, I'm not hair. familiar with that. Yeah, I'm not familiar with, with that. Hair, you know, the one that they always talk about, the hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Katie. Mm-hmm. Now, well, the thing is, at Barcelona, it was uh, Katie. Uh, oh, I can't, can't think of the last name now. Oh, no, no, it wasn't Kat. It was Cadman. But the Cad idea is to do with juniper and juniper berries and a ritual they called saining rites, and I did a video on that. So it just shows you, you know, how they impregnate these stories with all sorts of witch law, you might call it. And at the ISS, they've got a Katie. And, of course, if you know Cape Fear, the movie, that was uh, Max Katie. And he was, like, one of the most uh, evil characters you've ever seen on a Hollywood movie. And, of course, they remade it then with De Niro and Nick Nolte. Uh, but interesting, eh? Katie is the name, and it links, as I said, to old Druid-style uh, rituals. And you see this so often. And then uh, let me say while I'm thinking of that too, it was Julian Cadman, and if you went to Grenfell, down the bottom of there, across the road, there was Julian's hand car wash. And right at the time of Grenfell, they had some story in Cincinnati, I think it was, a shooting with a Julian. And I'd noticed a few other Julian stories, including the story of Donald Trump uh, being Julius Caesar. Did you see that one, Crow? No, I don't watch the news at all, man. If I don't watch people like you or or others who cover it, I'm just completely oblivious. Yeah, they had a, a they've reenacted the Julius Caesar story, and Julius Caesar is sort of Donald Trump. And, of course, we know what happens to Julius Caesar. So, <laughs> of course, that was uh, getting run all over the uh, net, as it were, as a, an interesting just sort of idea there, more in the predictions for Donald Trump sort of bag, you might say. 
Well, what, what's interesting, I noticed this the other day. Um, they started to play Hawaii, the old Hawaii Five O, on uh, some of the network here. Or, I don't know, maybe it's like Me TV, what they call Me TV. But um, I recorded it, and I watched about half of it. Um, for the simple reason is um, I like to compare what was going on in the late 60s, early 70s to what we see now. And one thing that really strikes me about the characters in Hawaii Five-0 is they seem like adults. They seem like serious people. Um, what's portrayed to us on television now, it seems like everyone's a damn kid. Um, there are no real serious adults for the most part on television. And I think it plays into what you're pointing out here because – in some ways, it's like they've lowered the mind through media so much that it's much easier to put these false stories. But, I mean, Surfer, why are they doing it, in your view? Why is it so important for them to encode what they, what you were calling, you know, their witch work and other things and the Julius Caesar? What, what's the point? What do you think is, is behind all this? It's a very interesting uh, question. Obviously, they would be uh, doing it so that their own can easily see through the story. And I think it's just a connectivity they like to play the game. It's like a game to them. And stories re-enhance it in your mind. This is probably the big one too. You know, you see Julian's car wash in the Grenfell story, and then it's Julian Cadman, and then your mind connects to Cape Fear or something to do with Cad. There's a, a fragrance, Katie, C-A-D-E which is based around this juniper and saning rights idea. And that's been the big thing I said with that uh, moon. Remember the cleansing moon, the cancer moon? Yeah. Of uh, June 24 this year. And I made quite a big deal of, of that. And I was saying there'll be, you know, spellcraft attached to this and cleansing. And sure enough, there was, wasn't there? They cleansed up the net. <laughs> over the next month. That's when the real, you know, the trouble started the day after that moon, you might say. So let, let me ask you this. Do you think there's anything to, you know, in the alchemical ideas, there's this idea that there are people who can live a lot longer um, and it's almost all based in natural means. It goes back to the four elements of alchemy, which are based on what we call nature. Do you think these people the, that we call royal or whoever the heck they are, the banksters, the people in control, the you know, the Vatican, the Jesuits, do you think there's people in these groups that are living a hell of a lot longer than the average person? I'm not sure we have a hell of a lot, but certainly Rockefeller there got to 101. That's still a decent stretch longer than the average worker in different countries, male, you know, 60 sees a lot of them out. 65, so that's still 40 years, but it's possible. We've got no real evidence of that, though, and there's a lot of hearsay of, you know, the vampire diaries type ideas and people assuming new bodies and clapping out body, like they get a, a younger body and a, an older person, they do a clapping ceremony and they jump into the other body, that type of idea. You've probably heard of that. Well, sure. That's covered. Um, you know, I, I took a lot of my life studying um, Eastern religions, and part of that was Tibetan Buddhism. And there's actually a quote from the Dalai Lama 
um, uh, you know, that one of the dying arts was this supposed art where they could eject consciousness from one body into another. Um, the funny thing about that is it's not just covered in Tibet. This is covered all over the world wherever there were serious um, groups, large groups of Buddhists going on. Um, so the idea has been out there. But again, I mean, you make a good point. Where's the evidence for it? I mean, at best, yeah. we get circumstantial evidence. Yeah, is the idea just part of more of the illusion of they're better than us, you know, the mystery that it's like Dolly the Sheep, the uh, cloning of Dolly the Sheep, which we picked as a hoax. Yeah, That's in everybody's mind all over the world. Seems like they've got some great things. Look at the 747 plane or the boats you see, helicopters, you know, we've certainly got a lot of technology and the internet. But then they seem to love to have that little bit extra that may be fake, just to add, you know, embellish what they have got. See, once they had planes that could fly people uh, from country to country, that made it much easier, of course, to sell the NASA lie because, you know, once you'd been in a plane, well, you knew we could fly in a plane and it just seemed a few years' progression. Oh, well, of course, now we're flying up in the stratosphere. Now we're going to the moon. It was sort of 10 years apart, wasn't it? 1950 was the real birth of the aeroplane around the world, you know. 1960, they did the Gemini sort of program, and 1970, they're on the moon. Well, that whole thing is uh, more social engineering because they're they're putting all that out there through the movies and television and everything, trying to convince everybody what's really capable of being accomplished when re- the reality is probably something a lot different. That's exactly right. Yeah, they've been doing that. I have covered this uh, quite a lot lately about all the TV shows that you saw and next thing they're doing it. It's just gone on like that right through uh, the 20th century when we've had more what we call the mass media. But, of course, it was going on by uh, novels and poems and songs. Uh, in the previous centuries, but with the uh, telecommunications electrified, everything was electrified, wasn't it? And now it's just saturation or, you know, near saturation. They probably haven't reached full saturation point compared to somebody in the 1890s that would only read a novel on the weekend, say, and read a newspaper. The the interesting thing is they, they've done such a good job of destroying people's attention span, they can just keep throwing it you know, every two minutes at someone and they're just going to keep lapping it up. So they can keep that programming going over and over and over again at a very fast rate. Oh, there was one tonight, while I think of it, on a turtle. And a turtle's being operated on. It's going the rounds on Facebook tonight. A friend of mine had shared it around. And uh, I thought this this world is, you know, we're looking at turtles being operated on because it had swallowed coins. And I no doubt it was a hoax story, I'd say. It was just a good little tearjerker story. You see this, I'm sure, on the social media. They have all sorts of stories. They have real horrible stories, and then they have kittens, and then they have real uh, tearjerking stories. So, Surfer, let me ask you something, man. You've done a hell of a lot of work on families, old family names, royal names, um, even communities around the world where kind of the antiquity of all this came from. 
so many people now trying to show that the Jesuits were really the moving force behind this. So many people trying to say all roads lead to Rome, whether or not we had a Rome in the way we think did it. What do you think the genesis of all this nonsense is? Do you have any, can you venture any idea um, to, to who's currently pulling the strings or, or where they came from? Well, from a sort of current level of uh, understanding, we seem to have linked that uh, all these people follow some strange sexual uh, gender alteration ideas, this sort of galley high priest idea and eunuchs through history, and it seems to be now a very widespread thing. So we sort of question that any one group is particularly to blame type thing as being the great organiser, but there seems to be quite a, a plan going on because they're all connected. Maybe they weren't so connected in times past, but from a certain date, I feel, and it could be from uh, 1717 when they, you know, launched all those grand lodges, but maybe more in the 1800s to wipe up the final sort of uh, connections together, but certainly the 20th century seems to be one world government and everything was fabricated just like it is in those books that talk about these things. You've got to have this ongoing agenda and you, you need controlled demolition and strategic relocation to manage the sheep. So you organise and construct a whole lot of events. And uh, that is a blow away from most people's uh, concept of all these things because most of the channels you'll see covering whether they're saying it's Jesuits or Israel or somebody else, they're still running the tide. You know, somebody blew somebody up with a nuclear weapon, which we know is fake. Uh, they're still running with other things we know are fake, not 9-11 or other hoax events like the JFK assassination. There was somebody calling apart the Charleston or Charlestonville as a hoax, but then he was referring to JFK and he was treating it, it as it was real. So I thought, isn't that interesting? That you see, and he's got 200,000 views, you see. So there's been a real shift here away from people like myself and Dave, and there's been all these other people come in, but they're, they're bending, the, bending the spoons. <laughs> they're not right. covering correctly you know they're calling jfk real like you got to have a better understanding and go right back to abraham lincoln we know that one's a hoax and one other little funny point you know talk about connections i saw a video today the main footage is uh at charlestonville is, is shot by a guy called ford and of course with lincoln <laughs> and, uh with kennedy we both have ford right there don't we now there's a long list of uh similarities between the, those two but what you were saying a moment ago it seems like what they're doing is they're trying to throw as much out there to that they're doing obfuscation through mass distraction basically throw so much out there that you don't know which conspiracy quote-unquote is the is the one you should put your faith in so anyone who really doesn't do any in-depth research is probably going to get very confused along the way when they're trying to figure things out oh that is just so true and you see you have so many channels that brand themselves something. One of the favourite, of course, here on YouTube, seeing America is the king of the watches in the whole, most of the market still to date, 
is, of course, uh, to say that you're a Christian. And we see some strange-looking people on there saying they're Christians. And uh, they're, of course, uh, then saying all these fake things. So it's a strange thing to call yourself something like that and then start lying straight away to the public, like that Paul Bedgley or that Israeli news. There's so many of them. None of them will ever call the things out. Now, myself and Dave and only a few others have ever examined the Gaza uh, idea. And you only have to look at all those rocket launch things and they're exactly the same MO, as it were, as the things we see in London or Barcelona or in uh, America in so many uh, events that they've had there. Yeah, that's very interesting. A lot of the uh, Truth or Channels are indeed touting Christian stuff right along with it. Do, do you think that's part of the distraction? Oh, of course. Well, you know, that's going to get people, hey, this guy wouldn't lie, he's a Christian, and he happens to be maybe not really a Christian, uh, or he's got very loose Christian beliefs. He's either not really that intelligent, but he's spurred by money and interest, and they tell him really what to say, or he knows a little bit more of what he's doing, and he really is lying. Because, you know, it's funny, I watch these experts, and there's so many, too many to name that are on here on different topics. And you're listening to them, they're talking about, you know, mentioned Jesuits before, and then, you know, in the middle of it, they start saying, and oh, the nuclear attack of Hiroshima. So right. uh, anyone now should be up to speed on the major <clears throat> things. These have been covered now for five or six years. I, I just can't believe anyone that's learned can't see, as you guys see, through the whole, you know, big shebang of, this media psyop of the 20th and now into this century and how they can uh, sell these ideas to the public anymore. It's amazing to me. Well, it's, a, it's a good... All of fakes, you know, so many fakes, that, you know, how can they... But as we know, it's been controlled how it's got out. They've censored it to the max and... I think just now it was getting a bit more popular and that's why they've punished me, removed Dave and a few others uh, and opened up now. There'll be new channels coming in and they'll sort of still sing the party line and they certainly won't do nukes and they won't do 9-11. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Um, what you're saying is so critically important for people to understand. You do get these channels that try to have the flavor of conspiratorial channels, and they'll be talking about one thing, and then they'll refer to a nuclear event as real or dinosaurs as real. But you see, this is done in a much bigger way. The, uh, the 2017 MTV Music Awards just happened. And I went to record it to see what was going on, because as everyone here knows, um, the little statue they give away is the Moon Man. This started with my generations on the second British invasion back in the 80s, um, what I consider to be the second British invasion of America, which was MTV. And they put that whole man landed on the moon idea. In this 2017, I could only watch about 30 minutes of it before I was sick to my stomach and I just deleted it um, and didn't care to go through it any further. They were so message control on taking people to show them what space is, making the main person in the show having just gone to the moon, putting them in a spacesuit, pushing the moon idea over and over and over. And it seemed to me like it was 
primarily damage control on the tail of the eclipse. Um, that's what it seemed like to me. But there was not a single moment of the 2017 MTV Music Awards that was not programming for the younger generation. Well, yeah, I never watched those MTV Awards. Maybe years ago I watched one or two, but haven't uh, caught up with them for years. I know a few channels used to cover them, like they cover the Super Bowl, because there's a little bit of old spellcraft definitely goes on. I guess I should have a look uh, maybe for next year's one. I might do a video on what goes yeah, down on TV. The thing we saw on the tail of the eclipse here was uh, a lot of TV shows like Voyager. The whole Voyager idea is now running on television. I'll tell you another thing. Since we've got into the year of the rooster, last year on TV, while I don't watch a lot of TV, I always keep my eyes on the listings because I know it's a tell. Um, last year, we didn't have a lot of nuclear stuff on television. This year, the year of the rooster, there is endless nuclear stuff being broadcast on TV, and I think it plays into the spellcraft idea that you've been talking about. But let me back up for a second. You know, so many people would point to um, – a sect of Judaism running Hollywood. Others would point to Jesuits running places like the Vatican. And then a lot of people would point to the royal families. Do you think these are all distinct groups? Do you think they're distinct groups that play together? Do you think they're distinct groups that are rivaling each other? Or do you think there's a bloodline connection across the board? Oh, I think they're all connected across the board. That's what I was saying. It seems to be this strange a lot of families that practice, well, transgenderization. They seem to, to me, the Pope looks like he's a woman and the Queen looks like it's a man. And I mean, that is very hard for most people to understand. And, and you tell that to most people and they scream. But sort of what it shows is there's something more nefarious going on, at least, or maybe for a long time that's just been away. It seems to be for a long time. There's a new video up by Hustos Mandler showing all about what we call the Merovingian people, you know, Dagobert and Clovis. Right, we would call them Merovingian in the States, but go ahead. Yeah, maybe it's Merovingian. Uh, it's a very old story, as people know, Dagobert, Clovis, and the long hair they had. And Hystros's video, albeit it's a music video, so it's all flashing things, but you could see the concept there that they were all women uh, back there. And I've mentioned it in videos before that I thought with the royal people, it looks like it's gone back a long way. So it's just with the, the bigger world the way it is now, they've sort of increased the volume of people that are under this compared to what would have been before. So as I had mentioned to you before, um, I absolutely expected this idea you're expressing to be true or to be actually in play at some level. But I had a hard time seeing it um, just looking with my own eyes. So I began to – well, the first thing I did is I went out and I quick did some research to see if I could find something there. Within five minutes, I came across the Mike Tyson Mysteries thing where his daughter – is a, I think she's supposed to be Korean in the cartoon. Her name was Young Hee, and she's treated yeah. like a little, she's treated like a little boy all the time. And so I found the basis for, and this was quite a while ago when you're expressing the transgenderism. So here's something that I've been working on for a long time, um, trying to set some rules around it, where since I have a hard time seeing it, just looking with my own eyes, 
um, that perhaps I could set some rules around it. And here's what I found. Clearly in the acting profession, we're told in antiquity that women weren't allowed to be a part of things. But the strange thing about that now is if you go to any movie channel in the States and you go through movie after movie looking at just the listed actors, um, you'll find that it's about 90% men in any given listing. If you went through 100 movies, um, you would find that primarily there's usually only one or two women listed unless it's a heavily female cast, which isn't very many. So I started to look at their names. Um, The first idea I came up with was like someone like Rene Russo, who I think is probably absolutely transgendered, uh, recently played the wife of Thor or the king, Odin. Um, but I started to look at the idea of same first letter, first and last name. And as I got into it, I began to realize something. Almost every single female actor um, who is like A-team in Hollywood has a male attribute to her last name. And while I can't make this hold water 100% of the time, this is what I've been kind of looking at for, I don't know, a year and a half now, something like that, well over a year anyhow. Um, Have you noticed any of the things I'm mentioning here, or do you just plain see it with your own eyes? Oh, no, 100%. You said Mike Tyson. Trannyson. Mike Trannyson. It's Elvis the Pelvis. Even if it's not the direct name, you know, the pelvis idea, it's right through. It could be a nickname or names you just need to play with a little bit and you can get man out of, say, like Madonna. Just take the D-O out, manner. And Bay, of course, <laughs> with Beyonce, as we know, Bay means boy. So, so- very widespread need. Dickinson, favourite thing. The one with Cos- <laughs> was Janet Dickinson. Well, you know, I don't know how Cosby was doing the job there. But uh, maybe as uh, we used to say, that, uh, well, Dave used to laugh about the Beach Boys packing the woody in the song. Right. You know, we thought right. packing the woody um, car, but really they were taking the woody along to be with the honeys, and the honeys were, <laughs> were tannies. <laughs> Looking up... That tonight, I'll just share one little thing. If you look up the Tazidi idea, the 18th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it's often displayed as a TS or a TZ, and we've noticed that the um, TS and ST, like Taylor Swift and like many things that they uh, have attached, and even the word saint comes to mind, is uh, shortened to ST. There seems to be a strange link there. And, of course, you wouldn't have noticed the videos I did recently where I had all about tea drinking. And that seems to be quite a meme with these people. They all uh, are seen somewhere in their career with a teacup in their hand, both male and female. Well, in some ways, that would be a link to the British idea. But uh, if you wanted to take it further back, basically, we're told the British pirates went into Asia and took that by force. Um, but to get back to the name game, uh, what I started to notice with A-list female actors from Hollywood is damn near 80 percent of them have an easy male attribute in their last name. As an example, Amy Adams. You've got Adam. Uh, Julia Yeah, Julia Roberts, Robert, right there. There's a ton where 
in the West, we don't like if you call someone Johnson, we don't think of it in the way that it originated, which would be son of John. But Scarlett Johansson, son of Johan, um, there's an endless litany of the A-team female actors. But again, I can't make it hold water 100 percent of the time. But it is certainly up in the 80s or 90s where you take a top top tier female actor or supposed female actor, uh, the name alone will give you the attribute. Even someone like Ellen Barkin, where it's not obvious, but clearly Barkin is the dog idea. And she was recently in Ocean's 12 or 13 or 14, where basically Al Pacino calls her in the movie his right-hand man, and they go to an image of her hand, and it's like that old Seinfeld episode, Man Hands. Um, there's something to the idea you're expressing here. There's no getting away from it. Yes, for sure. But it is hard to... It's hard enough to tell people just something as simple as Sandy Hook, where there's just so much evidence. They still want to cling... So when you start with this one, with these old friends, I didn't even try to sh tell them about galley priests and eunuchs. I thought if they could start to understand the lower-grade events, you know, the entry-level events, I call them, then maybe they'd say, well, why is this all happening? Well, then you might be able to start to say, well, there's a strange bunch of people at the top in this world. They're not exactly like you think. But you know what the latest one is, Crow, why I think of it? They're now apparently doing operations there with the teeth so that they're giving them, uh, you know, it's been a big worry. All those women like Carly Simon and Janice Ian, they all had the big teeth. Well, now right. you're going to get out of uh, Hollywood, women just like that. They won't have those big horsey teeth because they'll have changed them at a young age. It's quite the, the, the thing because it's one of the, you know, identifying features that's hard to get away from. And that's why I always call Prince William, Prince uh, Willie Little Teeth, <laughs> just to get people to look at that aspect. And then they might see that Kate's got the bigger teeth. <laughs> but that won't be maybe true in the next little while. They'll be whacking them around. Even those two, they might go in for replacements, see? Well, one of the clips that you did, um, I thought was pretty compelling because so many people were belittling the idea that we're expressing here, which I think is a huge mistake, by the way, um, from my point of view, um, where you showed all these male bodybuilders. And then near the end of the clip, you pointed out that every one of these male bodybuilders you've just seen was born female. But Surfer, that brings us near the top of the hour. We typically take about a five or a 10 minute break. Um, are you interested in coming back for the second hour? Uh, oh, would yeah, you prefer we'll to wrap it up here? Okay. Yeah, well, but a uh, uh, break will be great. All right, so I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take 10 here. Uh, we'll come back in roughly 10 minutes, and uh, I'll just do the tie-up here. And one of the things I want to address when we come back in the second hour right out of the gate is the work that Hoaxbuster did um, and the, the alchemical ideas that he so succinctly tied together for me. I mean, after seeing his clip, I went straight in and took apart Robert Johnson. I took apart the Nodosaur, um, the Bikini Atoll, which was called Crossroads. But anyhow, we'll do that when we come back to the top of the hour. So that brings us yeah, to the yeah, top of the idea. hour. Yeah, yeah. Buster was a legend there. He had watched myself and Dave and a few others and done his own research and just sort of packed it into a package. 
Yeah, for my money, the the Marie Curie clip is the Academy Award for YouTube for this year of everything that I've seen. Um, it helped me immensely draw lines that I was so close to. But I mean, I watched a three minute clip over there and it was like, damn, uh, you know, the spotlight went off in my mind. But anyhow, yeah. let me wrap up the first hour here, sir. For all right, man. Uh, that brings us to the top of the first hour for Crow Triple Seven Radio, episode seventy-one. Um, we're going to get into a lot more in the second hour. Jason, anything you want to add before we tie up? Last thing I want to throw out is that uh, I saw a little clip for the two thousand seventeen um, MTV Awards. Was that they made a very big point of saying that it? Why does it have to be a moon man? It could be a moon woman. It's a moon person. So they they got to get that in there <laughs> these days. Well, it's funny because it was Katy Perry was the moon person this time. Uh, she traveled to the moon in some of the uh, the imagery that was shown. But anyhow, let's wrap it up, Jason. Um, that's it for the first hour of episode 21. Hope you join us over at Crow Triple Seven Radio for hour two with the Jungle Surfer and Jason Lindgren. Man, there it is. Cheers. Cheers.